1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard It's Friday night under the lights in the capital As Rangers look to cut the gap at the top to two points Neil Lennon confirms interest but no bids for striker Andras Sporar And Stephen Robinson says Scottish football will be left behind If we don't adopt VAR I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight is Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans A must win game could also be known as a dare not lose game But are Rangers not on easy street when they go to Easter Road tonight? Even Gerard says they've got the bottle for the battle in the league And isn't it the case that Rangers and Celtic are just too good for the rest? As Celtic proved in Edinburgh on Wednesday night There's a five point gap between Celtic and Rangers at the moment It'll be down to two by 9.30 Trust me Fraser, I'm an expert I do trust you and for once in my life I agree with you Having seen Hibs a couple of weeks ago They, they beat Aberdeen very comfortably uh, and played really well But I think Rangers will have too much For, for the Edinburgh side mm. tonight And keep up that pressure on Celtic at the top And it sets us up nicely as well Hugh Keevan Celtic then with the chance to respond tomorrow at Home to Aberdeen With other big fixtures all across the divisions All across the country As we head in to that busy period We officially declared the festive fixtures open on Wednesday Because yes. I hear the phrase I don't really know when it officially begins <laughs> But we said that Celtic's trip to Tynecastle That was the official beginning of the festive fixtures So a great weekend to look forward to And I now discover that Celtic Celtic versus Aberdeen is a 60,000 sellout tomorrow. The club have publicly declared that every seat has been taken. Celtic went to Aberdeen and destroyed Derek McInnes' side earlier in the season. They were four up by half time and decided to declare it four. They will have a game tomorrow. They will have to pay attention because Rangers will be two points behind them. But my point about Celtic and Rangers being too good for the rest, that includes tomorrow. I think there is a gap now, Hugh, I agree um, The last few years Aberdeen have been keeping up the chase And Hearts and Hibs have been strong But this year I just think they're, they're just off the pace slightly Aberdeen quite inconsistent more than anything else And that would frustrate um, uh, Derek McInnes When you've got one of the top strikers in the country got Sam Cosgo scoring goals right, left and centre You've got strength at the back But they just seem to lose some daft goals And, and I agree with you I, I think that Celtic will win fairly comfortably and that's the issue for both the old firm teams is they can't afford any slip-ups because yeah. I don't think between now and the end of the season there's going to be any... Well, there'll be one or two bumps in the road, but not too many. So if, if you're the one that's dropping points of a weekend, then you could be the one in trouble. The, the biggest obstacle for Celtic and Rangers will be Celtic and Rangers. Uh, they'll have to take points off each other if they can. And also they'll have to be so focused. I mean, we're now into the festive period. Uh, distractions are coming thick and fast. However... Two lots of players have to be so focused before they get to each other on the 29th of this month. So lots of action on the field this weekend. Even talk of if and when we may implement VAR. So we'll get to that a bit later on in the show. But let's start with tonight's game. It's Friday night under the lights. Rangers fans, how would you sum up how you're feeling about tonight? Are you confident? Are you nervous? Are you a mixture of both? Give us a call, let us know how you would sum up your feelings ahead of this game tonight 01419511025 Let's go to the capital and get some of the build up with Andrew McLean 
Yeah, good evening from Easter Road. The rain has been on and off here in Edinburgh for this Friday night game under the lights. And the big story here is, of course, the absence of Alfredo Morelos for Rangers, given his second booking on Sunday against Motherwell for that gesture to the home support. So Jermaine Defoe will come in to fill his boots. And Defoe actually said something interesting in a Rangers TV interview. He was asked about getting his chance, and he said, obviously, it looks like I'm going to play the next two games, so I've got to be ready. So as he maybe let slip that he's told he's starting at home to Kilmarnock on Boxing Day as well as tonight. And I wonder if that's Steven Gerrard maybe just saving Alfredo Morelos for a start against Celtic on the 29th or maybe he just doesn't know how long Morelos is actually out for who knows on that one but this is obviously a chance for Rangers to close the gap on Celtic back to two points ahead of them hosting Aberdeen tomorrow Hibs with a bit of patchy form in their last four matches but they have won four of their seven games since Paul Heckingbottom left the club Camberry, Dodge and Allen all looking dangerous and maybe they'll fancy it on this slick surface tonight Davis and Hellander are missing for Rangers again Jordan Jones with an outside chance of making the bench for the first time since August. Hibbs will make a late call on Ophir Marciano, Tara McGregor and David Gray both back in contention I'll bring you full team news once it drops You can give us your predictions as well on the team lines. Hibbs fans, Rangers fans, who would you like to start tonight? Who would you like to see involved from the beginning? Anyone you would like to see not involved? Anyone you think who could be doing with a spell out of the team? Give us all your suggestions. It's your chance to have your say on the lines 0141 951 1025 Sum up how you're feeling with an hour and a half until kick-off at Easter Road What about this idea of pressure Hugh Keevans It's always oh. here It never really goes away For Celtic and Rangers How, Is it any different Given that Celtic Have played this week Have put the points On the board And by the end of the weekend Celtic will have that That one game advantage If you like Does that matter How much does it matter First of all Celtic stood up to the pressure uh, Hearts could have been A banana skin They are in such a state That it was either Too good to be true For Celtic or it was a banana skin. Hearts started well, but then Celtic just gathered momentum, had it finished by half time. He should have gone on to score five or six. Uh, so their mentality is unquestionable because they've won a treble treble. Uh, so, and they're going for a quadruple treble. They've got one third of it already. So their mentality cannot be questioned. So they had that nice five point gap putting psychological pressure on Rangers for tonight. My feeling, backed up by Fraser, is that, yeah, it's a pressure on Rangers, but they're simply too good for Hibs. And Andrew used a, a phrase you could take one of two ways there. Morelos out, Jermaine Defoe comes in to fill his boots. In Glasgow, fill your boots has a different <laughs> connotation. So he could go to Easter Road, Jermaine Defoe, Wonderful career long goal scorer that he is And yes Fill his boots 0141 Let's kick off with Willie Who's a Rangers fan From Easter House How would you sum up How you're feeling about the game tonight Willie? As you say A bit of a bit worried So if Rangers lose this one Just as you say Lose this one Lose to Celtic Could get into 2020 11 points behind That's, a, that's an awful lot so I just don't need the right score Goodness me Easter Road will be easy Celtic Park will be easy I'll tell you what Willie The line's not very clear I'm struggling to make you I can get I the gist of it Because I've got the big yeah, earphones on Willie, But Willie. I'm not sure if the listeners Will will be able to pick it up The gist of it is Hugh um, Willie's painting the doomsday scenario yeah. But how important tonight is Because if 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 I underline that If Rangers If it doesn't go to plan tonight And of course there, There's a, at least a realistic possibility You lose to Celtic on the 29th So yeah. this is a crucial period Oh yeah, yeah I mean, Pragmatically speaking Willie's spot on But Uh He's taking the Grim Reaper routine just a little too far because I think Rangers have done enough this season uh, 
to justify being favourites going into this match. Of course, if the doomsday scenario did occur and Celtic were still five points in front uh, going into tomorrow's match against Aberdeen, then the world would look a different place. But I just think that with or without Morelos, with Defoe, Rangers have too much for Hibs. Do you think the psychology of it does come into play? Neil Lennon mentioned that Fraser about you know, putting pressure on those around him. He means Rangers because no one else is close yeah. enough. Um, do you think it matters? Celtic haven't played that additional game so far. I, I don't think it matters too much to to the players, but it will certainly matter if they don't win tonight. You know, you, you always got to look at it as a player. You think, yeah, it's five points, but we got a game in hand, and we'll we'll, we'll win that one if you if one of the big clubs. But if they were lo- to lose tonight or drop points tonight, and Celtic get uh, win tomorrow. We are just a week away from, from the Old Firm game and then a break as well. So the last thing either of them wants to do is, is go into that break on, on the receiving end of, of, of a defeat. Mm. But if you're Rangers, you don't want to lose any more ground on Celtic and be five, six, seven points behind um, or, or even more. So yeah, I, I think it's a very, very important time. They'd mm. find themselves at home against Kilmarnock Rangers. Uh, tonight will be tricky, but I do think they'll, they'll get the three points. But um, yeah, Celtic have just got that wee edge at the moment and they've got the home game coming up next week. So it's up to Rangers to to, to, to sort of knuckle down and get, get a few results beforehand. Well, he's disappeared. I guess that line really wasn't a good one. But James is in Barhead. How are you feeling ahead of tonight, James? Stephen Gordon. Doing Fraser, how are we? Yeah, yeah, good, thanks. Uh, um, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous about tonight. Um, just purely down to the absence of Morelos. Um, I've just seen the times where if the force been subbed in place of Morelos or indeed the started. I don't think the style of play changes much, so it doesn't really suit the ball. Um, I think the ball into the feet is not as strong, and then running down the channels, he's more of a penalty box. And I don't think, um, I don't think a style of play suits that. So, I, I would normally, if Morelos was in the pitch, it'd be quite comfortable three points tonight for us. But I just think it's a bit, it's a bit tight, tighter than I think tonight. It was good, and it was last week before he sent it off. Just one that you guys thought of that. Well, you're you're elevating. Morelos to the status of a one-man team and I think that Rangers have done enough both domestically and in Europe to prove that they're not a one-man team you you know haven't you seen enough of them James to know that yeah, is, is he not their main man though oh, without doubt so if you take your main man away it goes without reason that you know that reduces your chances of winning by how much we don't really know but surely Rangers are worse off without him they are Worse off when you're having Jermaine Defoe come in I'm not sure that worse off is the appropriate expression Listen, Jermaine Defoe is very, very good But there's a reason why Morello starts every week and Defoe doesn't Yeah, yeah, without doubt uh, He's the main man However, to to elevate him to the the status of one-man team uh, That's unfair on the rest who can contribute with goals James yeah, it's not that it's a one-man team, Hugh. So what I'm meaning is that the style of play that they've got, everything gets fed in and through Morelos. So, yes, I, do. I think Kent's been great this season and I'll play a few games. Um, Jack's chipped away him some goals, etc. And I get that, but I just think the style of play set up to use Morelos' strength. And I don't know if they've got the ability to change that to then play into Defoe's strength. Defoe's have been brilliant for us. I think he's, he's been a cracking signing, but I just think it's... To try and just keep the same style of play And have the full fit into that I don't think will work I'm not sure there's a great difference James to be honest with you I mean I think Morelos is, is obviously number one And uh, you can see what he means to, to Rangers supporters and, and why why not Because he scored so many goals I'm not sure there's there's that much difference In the terms of the way they play I think Morelos is stronger 
But I think the four likes to play on the shoulder He'll go in behind He's not just a penalty box mm. player And tonight When Hibs It's their home game They will come forward Jack Ross The way, the way his team's set up An attacking team in the midfield area Like some Allen and Scott Allen And people like that as well So they don't sit back I think it might be that uh, when Hibs are going to come forward, it might suit the four. He likes to run the channels. He likes to go in behind as, as well. And to be honest with you, you know, when you're talking about your, your main striker out of the team, anybody coming in might make it a bit weaker. But I, I think Rangers, Jermaine Defoe has been terrific. For somebody to come up here and not be a regular, he must love it up here. He must be really enjoying it because usually players are chomping the bit to go back down south. So if he's happy and he comes in, I, I think he can do a job tonight. He's not had quite as much game time recently, James. If you think back to a couple of months ago, they were chopping and changing them quite regularly. But Morelos has really cemented that place at the moment. Any risk of Defoe having an element of rustiness or is he the type that can just come in and, and pick up where he left off? I think he's got the, the game sort of IQ that he could just drop man anywhere. And he'd be sort of kind of on point. And from understanding his training and his lifestyle, he's a very fit guy anyway. So I think physically he'll be right. And yeah, game sharpness. But I think he's, what is he, 36, 37 England international. So I don't think he's, I would hope not anyway. I don't, but I don't think he'll be rusty at all. I think he'll come in and, and do a job for us. Yeah, I do like the, the debate about the style of Fraser because yeah. I think people have seen Morelos will occupy two and three and four defenders on his own sometimes. Yeah. And maybe that's not quite. Jermaine Defoe's style But Stephen Gerrard actually said After the game against Motherwell um, That maybe that game would have been suited to Defoe Because you know The ball's across the face of goal Experienced striker He, he could anticipate it So it's like As Hugh mentions It's not like you're putting in an untested youngster <laughs> totally. To replace him When you think of some of the players the Rangers have had in recent years You know playing for them as well And you look, you've looked at the bench even last season And you think there's not many options They, they now do have options But it, it, that means it's down to the players in, in the midfield especially in the wide areas they've got to know what Jermaine Defoe likes you know you've got to know your teammates you've got to know the style of play that they like and if that means you, you're not going to play it as into his feet as much maybe down the channels or down the side of, of the defenders and allow Defoe to, to turn and get shots on goal um, I, I, I'm not too, if I was a Rangers fan I wouldn't be too worried about Jermaine Defoe coming in I mean he's he's a, he's a top quality player still top quality player and still fit and, and, and able to able to come in and I think do a job Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard our performances down at Hibs since I've been here have been really positive and really strong, but we haven't got the rewards necessarily that the performance deserved. So I think it's very clear we want the same type of performance, but we want to be more clinical uh, and take our chances. Jermaine's name in the game and his standing in the game speaks for itself. We, we'll pick a team that's capable of going to Hibs, and if we perform to our best, they'll be capable of getting the result we want. Um, we've tried to create a squad here where if someone's injured or suspended or not available for any reason that the, the person that comes into whatever position it is is just as strong and just as capable. Um, that's what gives me confidence that we're capable without Alfredo but the players or the individual that comes in to replace him has to go and prove that. Thanks to James in Barhead. Stevens in Croftfoot, what do you think Stephen? Uh, tonight I'm, I'm a, wee bit, a wee bit anxious uh, obviously because Morelos isn't playing but as you were saying there before, he can come in and do a job. Uh, but Hibs, I think Hibs, Hibs are a different animal under, underneath the new manager. Uh, I hope Ken, I hope he turns up today. He sees a couple of off games. Uh, but on the whole and whole, I, I'm, a wee, I'm confident that usually we don't, me and my mate, we don't pick the best away games to go to, but hopefully they can fill it off. <laughs> oh, so you're going? You the you've been a jinx in the past. Uh, well, we went to Aberdeen uh, when they were holding up the mattress, but we were at uh, Hearts there as well. 
But hopefully the night we've picked a good one They turn up See, yeah, you see I, it's I, not always your fault Hugh It's no, maybe no. that just Stephen turns up to the games And brings his bad luck I understand the apprehension Because it's based on uh, the, the thought that If Rangers were to lose Or even draw Celtic and their supporters would think Wah, Christmas has come early And they would behave accordingly against Aberdeen tomorrow And that would be the start of the slippery slope but when you played the clip from Stephen Gerrard, he said, if we perform at our best, he's confident of getting the result. And that's the, the, the scenario in a nutshell. Uh, if Rangers go and play as Rangers can, Hibs can't match them. Are Hibs a different animal under Jack Ross, as Stephen suggested? You referenced the 3-0 home win against Aberdeen. Yeah. That's the high point so far. Um, there was the draw against Kilmarnock Which looked good for so long and, yeah. and, and then they were pegged back They've lost to Ross County I think the word Andrew McLean used to describe it was patchy That probably does cover it Yeah and, and I think they'll, they'll probably need one or two players in, in the January transfer window If they can get some money in there I think they need somebody with a bit of strength in the midfield They've got good ball players around there But uh, if it's somebody that can sit in that midfield area And Lad Holberg uh, is, is quite impressive But he's, he is young and still learning the game and that's the way I would describe uh, Hibs saw them beat St Mirren first game of the season and they were quite fortunate they played some nice stuff they knocked it around but never really threatened St Mirren St Mirren should have got a draw saw them against Aberdeen where they won comfortably they played really well it was back to the days when Neil Lennon had his team really him and teams in the second half and exciting goals as well but there's just that wee bit there that they're a wee bit I don't know soft way to, to, to describe it maybe too many similar types of players in their in their team they are a different animal but I still don't think they're as good as they were maybe a year and a half ago when they were when Neil Lynn mm. had the team absolutely flying a bit to go. Stephen, just going back to a player that you brought up, Ryan Kent, is he one that you're looking for a bit more from on a consistent basis? I, I wouldn't say consistent. He's he's been good, but he's he's not been a Ryan Kent uh, last year. Uh, he's he's been good, but he's just he's just not hit top form in my opinion. He got off to that faltering start Where yeah. injury, injury. Uh, Was a real problem for him um, I also think that Subconsciously You're carrying that transfer fee At the back of your mind You know I'm the £7 million man People are expecting me to be a game changer A game winner And at the moment uh, He's in an inconsistent place uh, But On his day Or on his Friday night uh, he can make all the difference Oh he's definitely a player But uh, I, think, I think Stephen's right He's just not quite hit the heights of of last season And when he joined he hadn't really played much in, in pre-season And he was kind of all He was on his way out all pre-season mm. So was he match fit as well He comes in, plays in his first game Picks up an injury So that sets you back as well He just doesn't look as sharp And he also looks as if he's maybe trying too much You know he's trying all the time He knows there's a pressure on him Because he's, he's the guy that they expect to go and take people on and create and every time I see him, he's maybe just trying too much and not just taking taking the, the, the correct option. It will come, but Rangers could do with it tonight. When Morelos isn't there, they could do with Arfield stepping up as well, who's been a bit better for him the last couple of games, and do with Kent and Aribo, because these guys have got to chip in with goals as well. 0141-951-1025. Thank you to Stephen on the line. He calls himself a bad luck charm from some of their away games, so nothing to do with Hugh. It's Stephen's fault. Stephen, you can give us a call back and let us know how it goes. Uh, we're going to hear from Neil Lennon. He's been talking about Andras Sporar, the striker that Celtic have been linked with, and we'll tell you what he had to say after the travel with Amber. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Should it officially forever now be shaken, Keevans, given that you are now an internet <laughs> sensation? You've broken the internet, Kim Kardashian, Hugh Keevans. It all rolls off the tongue in the same breath. Your Christmas tune has taken the nation by storm. Are you pleased with the final product? Stunned would be closer <laughs> to the mark. Uh, my thanks to Fiona, who edited the... The video and to Gavin Pearson It's his concept and he saw it through From start to finish Stunned, I went to pick up my six year old grandson From his school bus today And the mothers were playing The video uh, <laughs> On a phone when I got there <laughs> If you're wondering what all this is about Go to uh, at Clyde SSB on Twitter Or the Clyde One Twitter page And you can see Hugh's Christmas video In all its glory Featuring the likes of And I couldn't even begin to name them all no. um, But off the top of my head Ryan Christie and Scott Brown took part We had Michelle McManus Chris Boyd Frank McAvenny And Otis Daly McCoy Steen McCall Jim Kerr Jim Kerr, yeah Honestly what a, Only Hugh Keevans could unite that unlikely band Fraser Wishart And produce such a masterpiece and a few rogues in there Absolutely <laughs> Good friends of mine Some of them yeah. I only I only know rogues You only know rogues I haven't seen it I have to be honest I haven't seen it But You're I will, the only one I will show you at the break I will show I will have a look at it yeah. and, uh, But I've heard it's great I've had, I've had it sent a couple of times By, by what? It is very good I must admit Right we're on Twitter At Clyde SSB uh, Lots of thoughts coming in Ahead of the Rangers game Robert says Fraser nails it on Kent The weight of the expectation Forcing him into doing too much There's no doubt He's a force to be reckoned with At full tilt A great goal at Hamilton um, A few fullbacks Really got us going Here's hoping he can be out the traps Early And get one here uh, Says Robert I've noticed that Fraser and Hugh Are more confident Of a Rangers win Than some of the callers so far <laughs> uh, But Charo says What's all this uncertainty about We're scoring plenty from other positions Well uh, we will find out Let's hear a bit from Neil Lennon shall we He's been speaking today And he admits Celtic are monitoring Andras Sporar But he denies claims From Slovan Bratislava That they've already made a bid For the forward He also says they've had Tentative talks with Johnny Hayes About extending his deal Yeah we haven't We haven't made a bid We're looking at options You know Going forward But there's been no bid from us Is he a player they are? Tomorrow, yes He's kind of player you'd like to bring to the club in January? Well, depends if we make a bid for him. If we make, <laughs> if we make a bid for him, then yeah. So, again, he's an option and, and one of a number that we're looking at. You know, just on Johnny Hayes, he's been an important player for you this season. In terms of his contract, has there been discussions about extending his deal? Um, <clears throat> just tentative ones at the minute, so we'll see how that goes. He's a player that you obviously want to keep him. I, mean, I like him, you know, and I think he's done very well for me. Um, and I think he can play a number of positions. Very fit, very quick, and good score player. So he's put it this way: since I've come in, he's not let me down. First of all, Andras Sporarhu, uh, Slovenian striker, nineteen caps for his national side, plays for Slovan Bratislava at the moment. I don't expect you to know a great deal about him. I think that's okay for you to hold your hands up. But what we all know, I think, is that. Celtic need a striker It's not a secret Neil yeah. Lennon Even acknowledging That this is a player They're keeping an eye on Yeah Whether it's Sporar And he does admit That he's one of a number of options Whether it's Sporar Or anybody else They are crying out for Someone to help Odson Edward uh, In case Edward gets injured Or Whatever Loss of form Unlikely though that may be um, 
they need somebody else. Lee Griffiths is still way, way, way off being the go-to guy in that respect. Uh, Bio has yet to show that he would be capable of filling Edward's shoes should anything happen. So the purchase of a striker is essential in the January window. It looks to me... Uh, you may call me a cynic, Hugh. I will. And uh, it looks to me as if the way England's talking, they're looking at him and he'll be on a list. That's where the way the clubs operate. Mm. They scout and they'll be on a list somewhere. Whether he's the guy they'll go to, I don't know. But uh, the club's clearly trying to maybe get an auction going. So mm-hmm. they leaked that out there. I think it was on their official website saying the Celtic are interested. And I'm sure they are. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a move by the club to try and just get some kind of interest and smoke others out because there'll be other clubs watching. If, if he's that kind of calibre, the, the market that Celtic operate in, they're looking for value for money and I think that means that uh, there'll be a number of clubs watching watching this guy. You, don't know much about him, but yeah, clearly they're watching him. But is he the guy they're going to go for? That remains to be seen. He would have to do better than Bio, who we're still waiting for him to hit the ground. Um, this guy, whoever he is, uh, would have to come in Back half of the season When If you think the tension is rising now mm-hmm. Try Try March, April uh, So They need somebody Who Can be An automatic pick Stuart is a Celtic fan in Port Glasgow Stuart you've just been on the line And you've heard Neil Lennon there Talking about Potentially Andres Sporer Certainly Another striker I don't think would be a surprise How do you Feel about that As January gets ever closer um, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd totally agree with you, Gordon. Um, I don't think it'd be a surprise either. Obviously, given that Lee Griffiths isn't up to fit in, uh, plus Bio, Bio's, I don't think he's got it to tell you the truth. Um, but no, we definitely need to strengthen in a, a striker, definitely. Aye. The other thing, Stuart, that, that Neil Lennon spoke about there, and I'm keen to get your opinion because there's every chance that I've just picked it up wrong. When I stand here and receive the calls, and I read a lot of tweets The impression I get Is that Neil Lennon is perhaps a Bigger Johnny Hayes fan Than a lot of the Celtic supporters Is that fair or have I picked that up wrong? No I, I, no, I, I think I would agree with you as well Gordon Because I think Neil Lennon has Got his favourites if you know what I mean um, At the same time See personally with me If it was me it was in Neil, uh, Neil Lennon's position I'd, I, would, I would go with Lee Griffiths Before I would go with Young Morgan You know what I mean? Um, just because in fact Lee Griffiths I know he, he, he's had his, his troubles in the past but at the same time I would be more eager to get at 100% fit Lee Griffiths back to form you know what I mean so game game time you know what I mean you've just you've just raised the most uh, pertinent point of all how fit is he he doesn't look up to speed mm. uh, certainly not to play on a consistent basis his fitness still has a bit to go On Johnny Hayes Fraser you can completely understand it We saw it with Nier Beaton actually The other yeah. day You're handing out new contracts Guys who Can go in and play a couple of positions Are great yeah. For a manager But at the same time I just go back to Every time I'm standing in this studio If Celtic announce a team Like they did on Wednesday night And Johnny Hayes is in it at left back You just get loads of replies saying Where's Greg Taylor? Why is Greg Taylor not playing? Why is Johnny Hayes playing in front of Of Greg Taylor? That's not me trying that's, to be unfair on, on, on Johnny Hayes I just wonder if Neil Lennon is has a bit more faith in Johnny Hayes than than some elements of the Celtic support. Yeah, I think it's a fair question. The Celtic support when your team's paid a couple of million quid and and, and the lad's not uh, not getting his game, but that's nothing to do with Johnny Hayes, who, who's fitted in really, 
really well. And, uh, you know, we're talking about Jermaine Defoe earlier on and somebody who's maybe accepting that they're going to be in and out the team, not going to be a first choice. But uh, sometimes in, in a modern game, you have to do that. And, and for managers, mm. you need squad players. Having been a squad player at Rangers for a couple of years, you, you, you get frustrated sometimes, but you need... And that, that happened to me But you need to have players Who who sure. will not cause you problems But who'll come in And do a job And then if they come back out Then then, then they're, they're not happy But they'll do the same again Here's what you've been waiting for Breaking team news from Easter Road Hibs against Rangers Andrew McLean Who's playing, who's not? Well, Hibs are unchanged From that 2-0 loss to Celtic last week So it's a 4-4-2 diamond Again for them Ophir Marciano continues in goal A back four of Jason Naismith Ryan Porteous Paul Hanlon And Lewis Stevenson The midfield diamond Melker Hulberg Stephen Mallon, Martin Boyle and Scott Allen behind the dual strike force of Florian Camberry and Christian Dodge. The substitutes Bogdan, Jackson, McGregor, Slavecut, Horgan, Murray and Shaw. As for Rangers, just the one change and it's the one we all expected. Alfredo Morelos out and in comes Jermaine Defoe who scored a goal every 59 minutes of Premiership football this season so far. A 4-3-3 for them. Alan McGregor starts in goal. A back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Nikola Katic and Borna Barisic. The midfield three Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara with Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent supporting Jermaine Defoe up top. The substitutes, Fodringham, Edmondson, Halliday, Polster, Ojo, Barker and Stewart. You're noticing Fraser perhaps now more than ever, Stephen Gerrard just makes as few changes as possible. There was a time where he maybe, and I don't know if that's part of a learning process, something yeah. that you, as you go along, um, but very, very rarely making a lot of changes now. And that was the one that was forced. Everyone knew Morelos out, Defoe in. But no others But but they're playing really well And as we spoke earlier About being a key part of the season They can't afford to make Three and four changes You are going to Hibs And although we're saying Hibs are not quite as good as they were They're still It's an awkward game For for Rangers And a a, a key period In the season And I think throughout the season Rangers and Celtic Have made few changes Even coming back from Europe There's not been seven, eight changes I think that just shows That that he he knows He needs to keep his strongest team On the park But also they're playing well You know even the cup final They lost the, The draw to Aberdeen the draw to young boys They were absolutely brilliant on, on, on parts of those games And dominated those games as well So they are playing good football And sometimes players Just want to keep going And he can afford to do that With his players Because he's got a, th- a three week break At the end of it So mm. he can play the same team just now And they'll get the time off Just in the new year Rangers fans You've just heard the team What do you make of it? Is that the team you would have picked? Would you have done something different? Let us know 01419511025 You can tweet us your thoughts as well At Clyde SSB While you're there Watch Shaking Keevans Doing his <laughs> thing uh, Thomas is a Celtic fan in Pollock Hi Thomas Hi how you doing? Good Thomas um, No it was just uh, That last call of our You was yourself That said uh, Do you think that Johnny Hayes Is a bigger fan uh, Sorry Neil Lennon's a bigger fan Than Johnny Hayes Than the rest of the Celtic players Do you think that's why Scott Sinclair doesn't get a game? Uh no, no, I don't. I, I, I just think that Scott Sinclair has run his course at Celtic Park. Uh, I don't think he's got anything left so far as Neil Lennon's concerned. I would expect him to to be gone. I think. That, but I think that's maybe Thomas's point. Though is is Johnny Hayes definitely a better option in an attacking wide well midfield position than than Scott Sinclair is. What is Johnny Hayes now? When Johnny Hayes was an out and out winger when he arrived at Celtic. Um, then when he was moved to fullback, he was a square peg in a round hole. But now he looks less and less of a square peg in that round hole further back the park. Uh, and, uh, you know, for me, Johnny Hayes, first and foremost, honest pro, gives a good shift. Uh, and I, I think that's what he is now. I think that's where Neil Lennon sees him now. I don't think he, Johnny Hayes, is a direct threat to Scott Sinclair. Well, he has played there quite a few times though, Thomas, hasn't he? 
as I. Where do you where do you see him fitting in more mostly? Um, well, he seems to be like an attacking fullback, does he not? More than a defender itself. Yeah, that, uh, and that's the way Neil Lennon would like him to be. But I do not think the two are related. For whatever reason, Scott Sinclair appears to have arrived at the end of the road where Celtic mm. are concerned. And when he played against Cluj in Romania, he didn't play like a man who was bursting a gut to try and force himself back into the forefront of Neil Lennon's mind. I think it would suit the player and the club if Scott Sinclair moved on in the January window. I get what you were saying, Fraser, but if somehow... When Neil Lennon was trying to name his team tomorrow He had one spot left And he had that, that wide left role And he only had Scott Sinclair or Johnny Hayes to pick mm-hmm. from He'd pick mm-hmm. Johnny Hayes wouldn't he? Yeah, I think he would pick Johnny I'd, I'd probably play uh, Scott Sinclair and I like Johnny and, and I think You're right Hugh I think as he's getting a bit older He's going back the way and In terms of his positional yeah. on, on the pitch And he's looked great as an attacking fullback And you need fullbacks that can play And can get forward When you're a, when you're a big club who dominate the game Because fullbacks get a lot a lot of the ball But um, Scott Sinclair just seems to be out of favour He just seems to be that, uh, For the last year or so And you know Celtic picked up the option on his contract in the summer And I, I don't know whether Scott was happy with that or unhappy with that But it, it just hasn't worked for either party And uh, I, would, I would guess That something will be done mm. in, in January Because he's, he's, he's paid by the club But he's not playing And perhaps You know it's time for him to, to move back down south Thomas and Pollock Thank you very much It's 0141 951 1025 We're going to speak to Gary in Shettleston next uh, Rangers fans Keep your thoughts coming in As well What did you make of that team That starting 11 That we gave you Just one change Alfredo Morelos Out Jermaine Defoe in Is that who you would have picked Or would you have done Something different Please let us know Let me tell you about this though Let's go Clyde won The Christmas cash register Win £100,000 In our biggest ever payout Give me that Hugh Keevans, can you imagine waking up on Christmas morning with an extra £100,000 in the bank account? Talk about life-changing. Well, the Brighton and Hove Albion mob have just arrived at Glasgow Central <laughs> and uh, all, all six grandchildren are now present and correct, so 100000 would just about cover it. On you a serious note, though, on a serious note, £100,000, life-changing amount, and then some, life-changing a couple of times over. That could be you if you're the final winner on the Christmas cash register. Enter now, that life-changing money could be all yours and it couldn't be simpler to enter all you have to do is text the word yes to 61025 that's yes to 61025 over 18s only text costs £2 plus your standard message rate online entry and T's and C's are on the website now here's how it works get your entry in before 3 o'clock on Christmas Eve I don't know why you would want to hang about don't leave it till the last minute just do it now but then across the Hits Radio Network Scotland Grant Thompson he'll make as many calls as it takes to give away that cash so the £100,000 Will be given away Answer your phone within five rings Tell him the final Christmas cash register amount It's very easy to remember £100,000 You're not going to forget that in a hurry If you're the winner We'll pay every single penny Straight into your bank account This is our biggest payout ever So please don't miss out To win £100,000 On the Christmas cash register Go to the website Or text YES to 61025 Good luck Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com One hour till kick-off at Easter Road It's Hibs against Rangers Fraser Wishart and Hugh Keevans Are here building up to that one We already brought you the team I'll recap it very quickly If you missed it McGregor in goal for Rangers Tavernier, Goldson, Katic, Barisic 
in defence Arfield, Jack and Kamara in midfield Aribo, Kent and Defoe up front So just one change Morelos suspended Defoe in Fotheringham, Edmondson, Halliday, Polster, Ojo, Barker and Stewart Is that the team you would have picked? Would you have done anything differently? Um, well I'll tell you what It's pretty much straightforward on, on Twitter Jeff says as strong as it could be um, DJ Let's Go says the team picks itself So if you've got anything else to add on the phones Let's have it 01419511025 uh, Gary's next up in Shettleston Hi Gary Hi boys Hi Gary, Hi, what's your point tonight? <coughs> Pretty nice This is a really important season uh, So my point is We actually need two strikers this season In January Need to Oh, I need to. You think Celtic need to add two more strikers? Ah, I'd add two more. Mm. Lee Griffiths is too far away <coughs> in terms of fitness and things. Uh, Bio, he's not done much. He's not much game time either. So if I was, if I was thinking, I'd probably try the boy Shotland. Maybe get him for a million, million and a half. And maybe go for a, the boy. The boy that's been mentioned. Yeah, so Sporar is the one that Neil Lennon spoke about today. Um, if Dundee United um, come up and they look a racing certainty to come up, uh, you know they'd be reluctant to let Lauren Shanklin go. However, money talks and always has done. Um, it'd be an interesting punt uh, for someone to take. What about the the general point? Do Celtic need two more strikers? Because right, what's Edward going to play if he's fit ninety percent of games? Yeah. Do you need another two guys plus Griffiths plus yeah. Bio? But maybe I'm not saying Gary's wrong. You, 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 whoever comes in uh, will think: Do I have to displace Edward? How often am I going to play? Or is there scope for playing both of us? So on that basis, I don't see two strikers being brought in. I always hear this about Bio. That uh, it, it doesn't get game time I understand that he's been unfortunate with injury as well However The reason why he doesn't get game time For me Is that Neil Lennon Doesn't think he's up to it And that's why he doesn't get game time Yeah it's always that It's the same situation when a player's not in the team Fraser You can say that they deserve more of a chance But ultimately if they were doing great things in training And knocking on the door they would probably get that chance It is important As Hugh mentions To acknowledge Bio's injuries Yeah He's, he's not always been available absolutely. How do you see him? And, and it compounds itself Sometimes when you're not playing You're not as match fit And, and You know when, when I was playing you If you didn't play in the first team You played in the reserve team And you wanted to play And you kept your fitness It doesn't happen nowadays It's very rare That in most clubs That, that the players who are not playing Play in, in, in reserve games Or bounce games So It's kind of catch 22 situation When you do get a chance In the first team You're maybe not Quite match fit And that's why you pick up Another muscle injury You're out for another month or so So I think to be fair to Bio He has had those those injuries But when people are saying Needs more game time Where? Are well, you going to leave Edward out? You know This this is a crucial season And a crucial time For, for, for the clubs at the top level And we spoke about it earlier Where they can't really afford To take that chance And maybe drop a couple of points As they, as they have done in previous years Because Rangers have, uh, Sorry Celtic mm. cantered the, the, the league Rangers are on Celtic's tail So 
it's a difficult one, but I, I don't think, Gary, two strikers, because exactly as you were saying, one striker coming in is going to look at it and think, well, how much time am I going to get on the field mm. to play? If you can't sign another one, you know? So mm. it maybe it'll be that they pull, they pull a loan signing, they, they pull for somebody from, from, from their English club to get them to the end of the season, so it's not a long-term yeah. commitment. Something I, like that. Is I a know you can't, you can't look too far ahead, but can you perhaps, and we'll never know what the conversation is behind the scenes, but can you perhaps... Spin it to someone as being, you know what, you, you're here to push it the world all the way. Yeah. And there's every chance he goes in the summer, and then you can be, you know, because if you remember Edward, and I know he was alone, but he had to play second fiddle yeah, to Dembele. Yeah, yeah. But what it meant was is that Celtic had a ready-made replacement when the star striker left. Is is that the type of forward planning that that can happen? Well, is that too much to ask? Um, the the bottom line in all of this is that you're going to have to convince someone because. There is no way that Edward goes from January to May unscathed. Something happens along the way. And you must have backup. Uh, otherwise, as Gary said, you run the risk of losing vital ground. Whether you have to talk them into it or whether they think, Celtic, that will do me. You have to get someone in. It's uh, illogical not to get someone in. And as early in January as possible, not... The last day of the transfer window When the sky cameras are outside the ground And it's going on midnight Celtic needs someone in early For the month of January Gary in Shettleston Thank you very much for the call Give us a call back sometime Ian is in East Kilbride Ian's a Kilmarnock fan Been a busy old week for your club Ian How are you feeling about oh, it all? Dear. Hi Gordon and Hugh and Hi Hello Ian it's, Thanks for taking my call hey, I've spotted Kilmarnock for 60 years uh, I've seen a lot of managers come and go. We had Lee Clark, McCulloch, Pat Alainen, Gary Locke, Alan Johnson, Bobby Williamson, Calderwood, uh, Jim Jeffries, and the great, great Tommy Burns, who had us down in second, third division and brought us back up to the top. But my issue is, I go as much as I can to the home games with my son. I went to see Commander play Hearts just a couple of weeks ago, and in the first half, it's probably the best I've ever seen Kilmarnock play. They were absolutely outstanding. Uh, I really feel that, that it's been a panic move. We're fifth in the league. We're, we're not Barcelona, we're Kilmarnock. Uh, I feel the man has just been stabbed in the back. That's my honest opinion. I was going to go to the game tomorrow, but I've been left with this taste in my mouth now that I'm not going to go. And I'm really disappointed in Kilmarnock the way they've dealt with this. Bit of a mystery for me too, Ian, because when Angelo Alessio came in, Billy Bowie spoke in the most glowing terms about him. And uh, everyone looked at his CV uh, with Juventus and Roma and Chelsea with uh, Antonio Conte, the Italian national side. What's not to love? And they are fifth. They did recover from the horrible defeat from the Welsh part-timers of Conan's Key Nomads And I am a little bit surprised I would love to hear Billy Bowie mm. Explain in words of one syllable Why he took the decision At this time uh, To let go of Angelo Alessio No Fraser It's been spoken about all week It's, it's fairly obvious That it's not about results Or it's about more than yeah, results yeah. Um, And you hear all the talk about Players not, not having them Kirk Broadfoot spoke out publicly about it You just wonder if Although that got put to bed at the time You just wonder how much truth was in it About the feeling 
And um, Ian's not the first one We had another fan earlier this week yeah. Who went as far as to say He was ashamed to be a Kilmarnock fan Given the way it's all played out Ian says it's left a bad taste in his mouth Yeah and I spoke to a Kilmarnock fan in the street to, the, the other day And he was exactly the same And it's, and it's an unusual situation As she says it's, it's pretty unclear You hear all the rumours about the, 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 the players etc I mean certainly my role at PFA It doesn't come across our, our, our bows So that's not something we, we know about But even if, even if that was the case They're, they're fifth in the, in the league You know and And it's a strange one because usually it, the the managers get sacked because the fans are turning oh. against them and they're starting to point the finger at the board. But in this case, it's not like that, and it seems to be like Ian and others are, are actually quite disappointed that, that Alessio has has gone. Yeah, I suppose I feel it should just, come out at some point, Ian. I just feel you've just been stabbed in the back. I feel really sorry. They're on about the language barrier. I don't buy into that at all. If I could make him remember what he was saying, uh, they say we play good football. We're not a bad team. I think this season you will find that every team's capable of beating each other. I think that's the way it's going to be. I don't think one team's going to go or drift away at the bottom. I think everyone's capable of beating each other, so it's going to be quite competitive. But as I say, I was due to go to the game with my son on Saturday. I'm just I'm, I've been scanned with it, and I'm not going to go now. You brought up uh, an interesting example there, Ian, of uh, going to the Hearts game and finding the first forty-five minutes the the most enjoyable you'd ever known. And for a sixty-year-long Kilmarnock supporter, that is quite a statement to make. Therefore, at that point, the Kilmarnock players appeared to be on the same page as Angelo Alessio. Uh, the, a language barrier. Certainly did not appear to be any problem He has Massimo Donati there Or he did have Massimo Beside him Massimo will now be with Alec Dyer um, The only thing I can say Of a positive nature Leaving Alessio aside Alec Dyer With Massimo Donati Offer uh, A steady hand I think Until such times as Billy Bowie decides What's next Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Thanks a lot for the call, Ian. Give us a call back sometime, maybe when the, the new manager gets appointed. Let us know your thoughts. It is time for Beat the Pundit, though. This is your chance to win a signed ball if you've got the better knowledge. Ahead of Hugh Keevans or Fraser Wisher. That's your challenge tonight. Answer more correct questions than they do. And the signed ball is yours. 0141 951 1025. Be quick. The lines close at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation for more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Evans and Fraser Wishart here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Less than 45 minutes away from kickoff at Easter Road It's Hibs against Rangers Friday night football The chance for Rangers to cut Celtic's lead at the top to two points So keep your thoughts coming in All your pre-match thoughts and considerations Rangers fans, how are you feeling? Hugh and Fraser are Quite confident that Rangers will get the points But some of the callers so far um, A bit more apprehensive Shall we say We also heard from Neil Lennon On Celtic's pursuit of a new striker And after we play Beat the Pundit Stephen Robinson Has been speaking about VAR today Neil Lennon has also been speaking about it um, Could we be getting closer To seeing it in Scotland We'll discuss it next Beat the Pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Beat the pundit time Unsavoury scenes And beat the pundit last night Mark oh. Wilson won He was giving it tight To the the, the contestant He was jumping <laughs> about the studio Cheering Rubbing it, rubbing his nose in it You two are a bit more dignified oh, I think yeah. A calmer we, we, Approach 
We we are used to defeat. We take <laughs> is it that in what it is? Yeah. We need to get Varen here to check oh, that Mark Wilson won. <laughs> he really did. Yes. He did. Uh, tonight's contestant is Ved from Jordan Hill. How are you, Ved? I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. I'm going to toss the coin. You could be up against a singing sensation, by the way, in Hugh Evans. I don't know if you've seen his video. You'll need to check it out if you haven't. Uh, if, it's ta- if it's tails, you're up against Fraser Wishart. It would help if I didn't drop the coin. And his head's it's shaking up against Ved <laughs> from Jordan Hill. So I'm going to give you a bit of Clyde 2 to listen to. How good would it be if I pressed this button and it was your own was Christmas so song that was coming back? I, unfortunately, I don't have that power, but we'll try. Oh. Nah, something else. Right, Ved, it's just you and I. You've got 30 seconds. Head okay. to head with Hugh. You can pass. That's that's the secret. If you don't know it, pass it quickly and okay. move on, okay? No problem. Good man. Your time starts now. What was the score the last time Rangers faced Hibs? Uh, 2-0 to Rangers Who's been appointed Arsenal's head coach today? Uh, Mike Mikel Arteta Which Scottish side Plays their home games At Borough Briggs? Pass What nationality Celtics Daniel Orzani? Uh, Czech Who did Aberdeen beat In the 83 Cup Winners Cup Final? Real uh, Madrid Who sponsored The League Cup Before Betfred? Um, pass that was a tricky one as well Let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh can you hear us? I can Great Same set of questions to you You ready? Okay Your time starts now What was the score The last time Rangers faced Hibs? 6-1 Who was appointed Arsenal's head coach today? Uh, Mikel Arteta Which Scottish side Plays at Borough Briggs? Um, pass What nationality Is Celtic's Daniel Arzani? He is Iranian which side did Aberdeen defeat in the 83 Cup Winners' Cup final? Uh, Real Madrid. Who sponsored the League Cup before Betfred? Uh, pass. Which English side play their home games at the Amex? Quickly. Uh, Brighton. Oh, that's a bit of a loaded question in your favour. I think I might take that one away from you. Oh. Uh, Ved, what do you think? <laughs> I think he's beat me. Do you think so? Yes, I'm raging he got that Brighton question because that's yes. probably the only stadium in England that he would definitely know. Right, the scoreline when Rangers last faced Hibs, it was six one at Ibrook. So Hugh goes into a one 0 lead. You knew Mikel Arteta though, Ved. He is the new Arsenal head coach. So well done for getting up and running on that one. Sadly for you, Hugh Keevens knew it. But again, it's because he's been on TV in this studio ever since yeah. we started. His face has been <laughs> must be some press conference, Hugh, because we've not got the volume on. But he's been on there for about an hour and a half anyway. Uh, who plays at Borough Briggs, Fraser? Elgin City. It's Elgin. Elgin City. Uh, I think Mark Wilson does he take his break inside there tomorrow? Is yeah, it? Yeah, certainly yeah. does soon. <laughs> it really is. All uh, right, two one after three questions. Daniel Arzani, not giving you it, Hugh. He represents Australia. Oh. You know, I was going to say that as well But it just played my mind Fed. But was born in Iran I think you might yeah, be right really You might be onto yeah. something yeah. But yeah. Um, still it's, It is not the You're not getting it you know, There's no <laughs> festive cheer in here You're not getting it He's Australian as far as we're concerned So it's still 2-1 to Hugh uh, You also knew Ved That Real Madrid lost to Aberdeen In the 83 Cup Winners' Cup So it's nice and tight at this point 3-2 to yeah. Hugh Keevans who sponsored the League Cup before Betfred? That is tough. That's a tough one. Don't know. Utilita Energy. I don't think they sponsored it for very long. So it was tight at that point, Ved. And lucky Hugh Keevens. He got one more question in and he knew it. The grandkids are up from Brighton this weekend. It was fresh in his mind. Brighton play at the Amex. So it was a four for him and a two for you. Decent effort, Ved. Just not quite good enough. Hard lines. Well done, Hugh. Well done. Thank you, Ved. 
Good man, that was Have a good Christmas In Jordan Hill, there we go So, 4-2 victory, you'll take that Hugh Keevans Wasn't spectacular, but you got the job done <laughs> You got the job done Right, 01419511025 That is the number you need to get in touch tonight If you would rather tweet Then you can do that at Clyde SSB While you're there, check out Shaking Keevans' Christmas video uh, It will not disappoint I just, I've been getting messages from people who don't generally pay much attention to the show My wife being one of them Doesn't oh. really know what, what's happening not, not interested in football But as soon as it hit the internet last night yeah. She's a big fan And it's been on in our house It's been on in houses the length and breadth of the Bro, country I, I did show you the text from my cousin in Huddersfield And now you know the script, Fraser You see people who have gone down south Births, deaths and marriages <laughs> And uh, I showed Gordon the text Five minutes to five tonight. I've just seen shaking. Keevans on the. <laughs> so even in Oddersfield. Is that available uh, for download? No. It's not a chat. Nah, just the video. Just yeah, the video. just the video. Um, is that because this is the death of your singing career that your cousin got in touch then? Well, uh, I'm wondering already what to do for my follow up single. You know, I mean, the, the second single is very important. Please release me. Second album. And, and, and Clyde will. Uh, don't worry, we've got big plans for his 90th birthday as well when that comes around. So stay tuned for that one. Right. A week on Friday. VAR. Been oh, here before. Oh, we yes. we will be here again, uh, but there is a, there's a particular relevance. Not just plucked out of thin air. A story in the Daily Mail today that the Scottish FA intends to ask clubs in the new year to decide if they want to introduce VAR to our top flight. So there is no cost at the moment. I think the closest ballpark you can find within that article is that it would cost about a million pounds per year. Now that encompasses quite a lot because we need additional officials, we need the technology and all the rest of it. So about a million pounds per year. Um, and ultimately we're getting closer to the stage where the question is put to the clubs. The money's going to have to come from somewhere. You're going to have to find <laughs> it from, from somewhere. Do you want it? That's a big question, isn't mm. it? And I, I presume it will go to the 42 clubs. And uh, watching Queen's Park on television just now, they're saying, well... Why? You know, that's coming out of the big pot So there'll be a discussion around that Over whose chunk of the pot does it come out of um, Is a million pounds on VAR a great spend When our club is not Sorry, our game has not got a lot of money uh, I was asked a question recently by somebody senior And, and I said, well What would players think? I said, well, they would probably rather have Proper medical insurance in place To play, pay for operations down the leagues When they don't get that paid for by the clubs So there's there's a lot of issues around around here And uh, and, and apart from that I'm not entirely convinced by VAR I was always a bit of a sceptic in the first instance But it doesn't it doesn't uh, uh, give a definitive answer For example, Christopher Julian's winning goal that, That's not it's not definitive Some people say it was offside Which I think it just was But others say it wasn't so therefore, it's not going to stop our Monday Monday mm. night show being an absolute rammy after an old film game. Of course it is. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. It's a big cost for our game it's when they've not got a lot of money around. Stephen Robinson issued a, I was going to say issued a statement that sounds very official. That's, he was asked the question today and he believes Scottish football needs to introduce it or it would risk being left behind. Is that the danger, Hugh? That, you know, even if... Because I'm, I'm a bit like Fraser. I was actually the opposite. I... I was all for it I thought it sounded great And now now when you see it in action You think I don't know Is that more hassle than it's worth But uh, I'm not sure what could, Stephen, could we be left behind If everyone else is doing it I'm not sure what Stephen means by Being left behind I mean You know I was A big fan Of bringing in VAR I thought it would stop More arguments 
uh, But Far from it It has started As many arguments As it's resolved uh, I, I think it interferes With the spirit of the game uh, I think people are actually Looking for reasons To chalk goals off uh, I don't think it's been A success in England I think if you Asked managers, players, fans They would tell you truthfully They would rather it wasn't there now Having had a look at it And I wonder What goes into the cost of VAR here How many people will you need At six Premier League games every weekend To work this thing properly Uh, And we'll wait and we'll get the figures But for me Mm. VAR means very argumentative resolution If that's what we're trying to bring in You're you're talking about Stephen Robinson Whose club just had had reported a loss uh, and so if you said to Stephen Listen, see, we're going to put VR in But that means you're not mm-hmm. getting three players Or two players or whatever else mm-hmm. Sorry, what? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so there's a big, big, bigger argument here When our game is not awash with cash in England When they've got the billions of money coming in You can see it, absolutely mm-hmm. why they would want to get it. it It will progress and I'm sure it will get better We're still in the early stages But it's a big chunk of cash for our game Is it difficult to remove the emotion from the argument? Because if you've just watched your team On the receiving end of a decision That you think was wrong In that moment you'll think We need VAR We can't have big games being decided by by decisions like that And I think everyone agrees How could you not agree? You don't want big errors Having an unfair impact on cup finals Or promotion or relegation However, how do you separate that from Assessing whether the greater good Is there Totally I I think that's the question It's probably more for supporters More than anything else Are they enjoying it And I'd be interested to know From English supporters How how much they're enjoying Mm. Being at the game I mean the impression I I get Is that they're not I I don't see much positive feedback from it That's not to say it doesn't exist Maybe I'm sheltered But Sometimes life's not perfect We all make mistakes And it's part of It's part of the the, the game for me I think The issues around now That um, big decisions Have gone for or against teams And they start counting The cost of it In terms of Money for prize money And Mm. that just becomes Even if we had VAR Fraser In this country In this Little (laughs) place of ours Planet Scotland They won't believe VAR Uh, Right It'll come up Decision No goal And they'll say No There was a goal To be fair I don't I, I would I would agree that we are extreme in, uh-huh. in this, but, but you're seeing that down the road as well. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's not you know it's it's not as if that would be exclusive to us. Let's start taking some calls. Jamie is in Tillicutri. What do you think, Jamie? We've got a bit of we've moved forward slightly. If you look at that story today, it looks like the clubs will have a decision to make in the new year. What would you make? What would your decision be? I think the clubs were. Uh, first of all, good evening, panel. Good evening, Hugh. Aye, Fraser. Aye, aye, uh, I think. I, I think. I think the clubs were always going to have to make a decision. You made a good point there with Stephen Robinson's comments. Uh, if you put it this way, it's a bit like when you buy a phone, then you've got to keep buying a phone, updating it, move with the times. I can see where he's coming from with no, that. No, you don't. I, <laughs> Everyone else does. <laughs> okay, right. That's right. That's exception to the rule. But uh, the, the point I wanted to make was, and I was saying this to your producer, uh, it's kind of two points here, and I'm going to ask Fraser mainly because he's usually kind of clued up in this. Fraser, are you there? Yeah. Yes, I'm here. I'm not sure I'm clued up, but I'm here. Right. I just wanted to check, first of all, I mean, is, you know, in, in the rules of VAR that they're using at the moment, because obviously we don't use it here, so we've got to rely on other countries and stuff. I'm yeah. thinking back to the World Cup, and there was a decision made, and it took a hell of a long time, about seven minutes or something, to come up with a decision. Mm-hmm. The, I, I wanted to ask you, first of all, is there a time limit referees have to make this decision? And is there any rules on how many views they can have on the VAR screen? Because I think, I, I think there's an inconsistency here. I think if you've got different referees applying it in their own way, I think more scrutiny 
could be laid to certain decisions in one match than there is in others, depending on the referee. Now, in this country, we, we, we talk about it every week on this show, uh, the, the quality of the referees, uh, and we all have our opinions on that. So I don't see... I, I mean, I was a bit like you. I liked the idea of VAR at the start. Now that I've started to see it coming, I'm like, mm, a bit washy-washy with it. Like, but what I'm thinking is, if, if we've got bad referees, then you're going to have bad referees making bad VAR decisions. And like I was saying to your producer earlier on when I phoned, you're going to need an extra hour of the show every night just to, just to kind of deal... With the, the the rumblings on of it, so yeah, yeah. I think. I think, are we, I think are, do you know what? Do you know what? Are we in Scottish football? Are we prepared for this? Because we live in this microcosm, and all football leagues are microcosms. But in the English league, they've got loads of money. You know, they yeah. can do it if they want. You bring it in here, it's going to be absolute bananas, and it's just going to it's just going to make the the, the whole narrative about referee dis- discussions mm, yeah. even worse. Yeah, no, you're, you're you're absolutely right, Jamie, and, and that's where. Uh, your first point I don't think there is A, a, a limit A time limit um, I, I would like to see It being the, the referee On the field of play Who's maybe advised By the VAR ref To go and look at it So it's the referee's decision So if you really call him On the pitch Or, or, or John Beaton Or whoever It's their decision Because it's, it's It's still based on opinion You know Was that a penalty Was it not a penalty It's still opinion And that's the thing Is the only f- facts really in football are was he, he could do offside now His Tony was offside You can now define that And also was a ball over the line the, the rest of it is still entirely opinion Whether it was a penalty or wasn't a penalty And you'll still have people disagreeing With the, with the VAR referee's decision And for me if, if we're going to have it Then it has to be the referee on the field of play Because you might have a Willie Collum Who, who might say I thought that was a penalty. Yeah, that gets overturned. But then Willie looks at it on the telly afterwards and says, I still think that was a penalty. So again, the referees might disagree, but there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And I think in, at this stage, when there's still so many teething problems in England and the bigger leagues, I think it's a bit early mm. for us to be to be committed to it because you know, I, I just don't think it's ready yet. And I think the laws of the game need to change slightly with handball, etc. And perhaps even offside. Just changed though, didn't it? Handball, yeah, this, was, yeah. this, this was almost and to be brought in alongside... The use of VAR for the season You slow it down And you're looking at something For three, four, five minutes When you slow everything down Every single tackle Looks like a free kick So yeah. it's, it's a bit false and Can I put a, I'm going to put a plea out For anyone who's Who's watched it down the road Or in other leagues And likes it Because everyone who's got in touch So far says that It's put them off Is anyone the opposite? I'm always happy to, More than happy to hear The other side of the argument That's what we're here for A bit of balance So has anyone Watched it in the English Premier League Or elsewhere And thought Yeah I like that I fancy a bit of that Give us a call and let us know 01419511025 What do you make of Jamie's points Hugh? Uh, I'm with Jamie You know It seemed like a good idea at the time But lots of things did Uh, And then you get practical experience And you think "Mm, No it's not what I thought it was going to be Um, We're we're looking for parts of the anatomy To be over a line And it doesn't seem to matter Whether that part of the anatomy uh, it's helping you gain an advantage or whatever We are taking millimetres into account here And any old part mm-hmm. of the anatomy will do And for me that's not the spirit of the game And we've, we've created Or England has created A culture whereby You're looking for any reason at all To disallow goals That should But maybe that's, ju- maybe that's just the perception Because those who operate VAR And the referees would say No we're not We're just, make, we're just looking to see if the rules have been applied properly That might just be the perception That you get from the outside Well we had the The freeze frame Of uh, Sadio Mane's backside As opposed to somebody's big toe I thought oh, We've gone off our heads with this now Mike is in shots What do you think Mike? Well I think 
of all the countries in the world, I think Scotland really need VAR. Uh, the referees are atrocious at times. Um, and there are a lot of smaller countries uh, in football terms than Scotland um, who have uh, adopted VAR. And um, I think um, it is a way forward. It's, it's, it's the future of football. Cha- I mean, football's changed from day one to present day, and it will continue to change. And it's okay if you're saying there that um, uh, it creates more problems than anything else. I don't think it does. Um, it's going to clear up quite a lot of uh, uh, issues which has been ongoing um, in Scotland um, and other countries. So mm. I'm, I'm all for it. I get that point, Mike, because, listen, every football fan goes to games and thinks the refs are rubbish. That, that, that's just sort of par for the course. But, but do you like it? Based on what you've seen, do you like the implementation of it? Do you like the impact it's having on the game? Separate from whether you think refs are good or not. Well, the, the, there's going to be teething problems and there are teething problems. Um, I think what they need to do is they need to um, stop this toenail, backside, nose or whatever the case may yeah. be. It needs to be... <laughs> The, the rules need to be set and changed again. Um, and I believe it just needs a retweak here and there. Um, there's, there's goals scored in Scotland that should never have been given. There's penal- penalties in Scotland that should never have been given. There's penalties that should have been given that wasn't. So uh, I'm not kind of, well, I suppose I am knocking Scottish referees right enough, but um, they need as much help as they can get. And it happens in England as well. There's, I mean, there's some referees in England as well that um, uh, just ignore, um, uh, you know, what they see. And, uh, you know, the VAR in England, um, it's getting tweaked in England at the moment. So maybe Scotland getting it next year. Um, it'll be ironed out and everything will be uh, everything will be good. Yeah, maybe we get a better version of it. Fraser time would tell. What about Mike's? General point Which was sort of Centred around the, the standard of refereeing And what help that would Hopefully give them Well I think I think the referees Are desperate for it They really want the help And, and the question I would have is Do we have enough Top senior referees You know so you've got A, a Willie Colm for example Who's on the field of play And you've got a VAR referee Who's 12th, 13th, 14th Best in the country And, and, and is Willie going to accept mm-hmm. Somebody overruling his decision Is that not just the way It has to work though and How would that differ it, From it, any it, other league It probably does have to work Yeah yeah no I, I get that But have we got enough they've, In England they've got A whole yeah. raft of, of, of Full time professional referees Do you think I, I think, take it I that's think, part of that, that cost That million pound Ballpark so. that, that includes the recruitment And training I would imagine would, Of new officials so. but Remember in England They've got twice the number of cameras We're going to watch um, Hibs Rangers tonight There's twice the number of cameras At an English game than there is at this game and for, for all the rest of our that's at every premiership game and at the rest of our Premier League games tomorrow there'll be something like four cameras so therefore that you're less likely mm. to get this in what about the integrity of the competition when you've got you're less likely at Hamilton Hearts to get a, a decision correct than you are tonight at Hibs Rangers it's so, interesting sorry just because we're a little bit short on time but Mike makes a couple of good points I want to pick up on he's coming at it from a referee Focused perspective Actually a lot of this argument Is because Our refs Perhaps feel like They'll be left behind Because how will they get Invited to referee At top level competitions If they're the only ones Who referee in a league That doesn't use VAR What do you make of that argument? I can see that argument But a million pounds Is a lot of money Just to just to give our refs A, a, a boost to, to get into the European Championships I, I listen, I'm not anti it I'm just a bit sceptical about it And I don't think now's the time mm. And I think That we have to look at The value of the cost 
Mike, I like that because you're the only one who's come on and defended it so far. So the more the merrier. Let's get a good bit of balance on this discussion going up as Mike and Shots. We're going to get a full time teaser up and running next and plenty more calls on that subject. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Fraser Wishart here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We do have a full time teaser. Topical as well oh. uh, This one has been sent in by Jamie Adams So thank you to Jamie for sending it in Full time at Clyde1.com If you want to hear your question on the show in the future So Jamie says Can you name seven players Who've played for both Hibs and Rangers this decade So they must have played for both sides this decade Any that spring to mind? Glenn Middleton Yes, well done You. Oh, look at him distracted because he's a he's a musical superstar. Stephen Whitaker. Yep. This decade. Oh. It's been a long decade. What's going quickly, Hugh? Life's flashing by. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I think we can leave that there because you're only looking for another five. So that's a good start. Seven players who've played for both Hibs and Rangers this decade, according to Jamie. Darren you... McGregor. Yeah, well done. Okay, that's three of seven. So we definitely will. Uh, leave it there I'll tell you what This VAR thing Certainly gets everyone going Doesn't it uh, We've not just plucked out Of nowhere In case you're catching up It's because a story In the paper today The Mail uh, That the Scottish FA Intend to ask clubs In the new year To decide if they want To introduce it If we're going ballpark You're looking at About a million a year Maybe for For the cost Where's the money Going to come from That's the question We're going to speak About that With John and Shettleson Right now Hi John Hi hello guys Season greetings Hi same to you John um, Hi well I agree with everything you and Fraser said uh, about the cost and the viability of it. Uh, if it's going to be a player for Motherwell or VAR, I think Stephen Robinson maybe changed his mind on that one. And and the, the last caller was on saying that the referees are hopeless up there. Here. But who officiates on that VAR? It'll probably be the referees for up here. Yeah, uh, so. is the counterpoint though, John, that you know what? What harm can a second or a third or a fourth look at it? Yeah, it is the same referees, and you're right. But maybe those same referees would just benefit from another look. No, I, I don't think so. You've got professional referees doing it in England, and they're doing it, and and by God, they're getting it totally wrong down there. Mm. And they're professional, and <coughs> excuse me, they're supposed to be better than the ones we've got. Yeah, again, though, it depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for perfection, you aren't going to get it. No. But what if we can reduce the errors? Yeah, I get that. What if we can just reduce it And I don't know by by what percentage But what if we can reduce them Hugh Well yeah okay uh, I have this feeling at the back of my mind that, that clubs will say Can't afford it Celtic can afford it Rangers can afford it I look around me and I see some poor balance sheets going around uh, And the, the idea of contributing to that every year Will put some mm-hmm. chairmen off the idea Um I think the really big calls here involve Celtic and Rangers. I can hear I can hear people say, "Well, why don't they pay for it then?" I can't argue with that because I think that is the reality for clubs, Fraser. But DX Maps has tweeted in to say that loads of smaller countries in Europe have taken VAR as part of the future of football, and in fact, our esteemed colleague Andrew McLean uh, got in touch and says that Malta and Georgia have VAR. Now I know that I know that we are skint, but if, if countries of that size are doing it. Surely we can Plenty of match fixing In some of those countries as well So maybe that's what They're looking at Allegedly, well. Allegedly Said the chairman uh, The chief no, exec no, no, of PFA of countries, Scotland no, no, It's actually a fact <laughs> In some of these countries uh, But uh, uh, Listen I'm not I'm not saying 
it's not the future. I think I, I just look at it and think a million pounds. The club's going to have to fund it themselves. I and mean, the way the SPFL works, they pay all their costs and then they, they divide the profits at the end of the year between the 42 teams and it's ranked on your place, basically. And if I was breaking City, I'd be saying, well, I'm not taking any money out of my prize money, which is very yeah. small. So you, know, you better pay for it. I'm not taking money out because we're not going to get it. So the, the, essentially the bigger clubs are going to have to fund it and split you know, £100,000 a year between themselves. Um, if, if that's the cost, then maybe there is a value to that. But at the time when, we're, when, when we're, money's tight, I'm not sure it's the best use of, of, of funds at this very moment. But I, I, I get the, the argument it's the future. I think we need to see better implementation because you slow everything down. Every foul looks like a bad tackle. You know, every offside by a toenail. It's, it, I'm not sure that's where we want to mm. go. And I, if we are going to have it, I would have the referee on the park. Yeah, we think he's here to say, I think you should look at this one. And then let the referee go to the side of the park. Give him a minute, give him two minutes or maximum. And if he can't decide, then just carry on. Shows you how big this issue is. The Dumbarton manager, Jim Duffy, no less, has already oh. been in touch. Spend the money on training grounds, dressing rooms, press facilities, floodlights, stadia, better players way before VAR, he says. What about, though, Hugh? I mean, I've mentioned Malta, uh-huh. Georgia, our big wealthy neighbours. We know that, that they've got it down the road. If we truly become one of the only countries who don't, some people would be okay with that. Some people would wear it as a badge of honour. I also can't help but think at times when it suits it would just be a stick to beat us with look at us look at this Mickey Mouse we don't even have the same technology as, as the other countries well okay um, bring it back to finance though Jim Duffy has made the point about where he would spend the money the, you know, but some of those leads are pretty small and they've got it well as I say I look around me and I, I know where the wealth is and the, the, the wealthy are vastly outnumbered by the next door to impoverished. Um, and Fraser was talking about medical insurance. You know, it's a, a bit of a scandal that proper attention is not paid to the, the medical insurance for players. Uh, John, I think you're a, you're a Celtic fan. I, I think Hugh's suggesting that you pick up the tab. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> uh, I, 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 okay, let Celtic and Rangers pay for some things, but... Maybe they should get their plastic pitches sorted before they have better games. Well, know, before they get VAR, did, did, pitches are atrocious. Did, Fraser, did Fraser Wishart put you up to this call <laughs> by any chance? Uh, uncle, uncle John. I, I agree with you. I know that in this part of the country, you know what you know, like it's going to be. I mean, me being a Celtic supporter, I'd probably be in this category as well. Saying uh, for us to get a decision, we think the officials would need to come for the Vatican. You know, when, uh, <laughs> when Christopher Julian scored the goal that won the Betfred Cup. And on the Monday night, after all the rowing and toing and throwing had gone on, and I said, I honestly can't make up my mind. You know, on social media, you got the predictable reaction. Can't make up your mind. <laughs> you know, in other words, if you're a Rangers fan, it was categorically offside. If you're a Celtic fan, it was categorically onside. And I don't want to go back to that one incident because we we spoke about it so much. But the consensus, I think, was that that, that it was offside. So yes, VR may well have ruled that out. But it is the offside. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about generally, is the, the implementation of offside? Is that the thing that's perhaps putting most people off, Fraser? Because it was a rule. That, that's a rule that's brought in to determine whether an attacker is truly gaining an advantage. Yeah. Now, if my body's angled in such a way that my knee happens to be or my hip happens to be, you know, an inch in front of yours, am I really gaining an advantage? Do we need four minutes to draw lines and diagrams and all the rest of it? Is is that the is that the biggest 
I think red flag you've seen. Yeah, I think so. And also handball when, when the ball's just kicked off uh, a, a player's hand, and uh, especially when there's an attacker when they haven't meant it. You know that an attacker's just ball's ricocheted off his hand and he scores. But if it's handball at all, but that's the laws of the game rather than VAR, which which probably need to be looked at as, as well. So there's a bit of work. To be done. It'll be interesting at the end of the season. I'm sure we'll do an analysis to see how many goals were chocked off compared mm. to how many goals were given. Um, well, that's uh, exactly uh, what the city uh, needs is a league table uh, based on what it should have been. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's that's exactly what we need. Top of the table. Uh, John, thank you very much. That was John in Shettleston. Well, um, if, I would guess that every club believes that they would be better off under VAR. Does that think that's fair? Um, I'm not sure you need to have a poll in the same way that uh, Ian Maxwell. It just, wants well, to it just strikes me that fans, fans, and fans and managers always they, think they're They keep note of the yeah. decisions they don't get. Yeah. yeah but Neil Lennon yeah. says Celtic would be better off this season if they had VAR. He says he'd back Ian Maxwell's proposals to bring it to Scotland, but he does still have reservations. Yeah, most countries have their own way of doing it. We'll not have big screens around the stadiums for sure to, you know, keep the supporters up to date with things. Maybe if there's a monitor at the side of the pitch, you know, I think when we had the meeting maybe this time last year, the majority of the managers and, you know, three heads of the refereeing fraternity were all in favour of it. If they bring it in, then great. It would please me, because we would be further clear in the league by now um, with some of the decisions that we haven't had. So I don't know how much it costs. That'll be down to the clubs and the association to decide and whether... We think it's it's working. It's not perfect, but in the main, they get up 80%, 90% of the decisions right. Like I said, it's not perfect, and I think there's a constant source of frustration sometimes with decisions. I think the offside decisions at times are ludicrous. You know, we're talking millimetres, you know, and I think that's something that needs to be definitely analysed more. Um, But in terms of, you know, clear-cut decisions, I think it would help... You know, and benefit the game going forward. It'd be an aid to the officials. There's no question. Of that. I'm not sure about that one about Celtic be further in front. I mean, they were they were rotten at Livingston and lost <laughs> two nothing, uh, and they were rotten at Easter Road and drew one one. Uh, so. I, I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or what, but th- that's kind of the point I was trying to get to earlier. Surely this. No matter whether we get it or not, it can't be driven by whether you think your team would benefit from it because that just doesn't get us anywhere. Oh, well, that's the way Scottish people think, though. <laughs> uh, but to go back to this point about how will we look if Malta and Cyprus have it, Malta and Cyprus get anyone in the last 32 of the Europa League. Malta and Cyprus had teams who have gone to the likes of Lazio uh, and beaten them home and away. Even more reason though Some would say Because Celtic and Rangers Are going to get a look at it In the Europa League They're, they're going to experience it And then they don't yeah, even have I, it In their I, own I, domestic I, setup. The Ben irony If our clubs get knocked out By a decision It was a toenail in VAR And see what the, the, the reception Would be at that point But uh, Malta and, and these countries Have chosen They've chosen to do that They've, they've decided It's better for their country To spend a million Million and a half Whatever it costs And costs rise as you know in these things mm. that's, that, They'd say that's the best way forward for their country They'd rather do that than spend other ways I've come up with a couple of things Jim Duffy's come up with a hold of things John the caller come up with more They would rather spend the money on just now We're going to speak to Gary very soon He's got some thoughts on it And we'll get kick-off from Easter Road next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Fraser Wishart are here uh, We're going to take more of your calls And we'll round off the full-time teaser Let's go to Easter Road though The teams are in the tunnel It all looks very dramatic Green mood lighting there Before the players come out uh, Let's get a build-up with Andrew McLean 
Yeah, the players just waiting to come out the tunnel, as you said. Surprisingly, quite a few empty seats at Easter Road for this one tonight. I thought it might have been a full house for Friday night under the lights for this one, Hibs against Rangers, but still a few people maybe still to make their way into the stadium. As for team news, unchanged for Hibs from that 2-0 loss to Celtic, a 4-4-2 diamond for them. 0 for Marciano starts in goal, a back four of Jason Neesmith, Ryan Porteous, Paul Hanlon and Lewis Stevenson. The midfield diamond, Melker Holberg, Stevie Mallon, Martin Boyle and Scott Allen with Florian Camberry partnering Christian Doidge up front. The substitutes Bogdan, Jackson, McGregor, Slivka, Horgan, Murray and Shaw. As for Rangers, they make one change and it's that forced one. Alfredo Morelos of course drops out. He's suspended. Jermaine Defoe comes in to lead the line. A 4-3-3 for them. Alan McGregor in goal. A back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Nikola Katic and Borna Barisic. The midfield three, Scott Arfield, Ryan Jack and Glenn Kamara with Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent either side of Jermaine Defoe. The substitutes Fodringham, Edmondson, Ojo, Halliday, Barker, Stewart and Polster. The referee for this one is Nick Walsh. And Rangers don't have the happiest of recent memories here at Easter Road. Just one win in their last six. The two matches Stephen Gerrard has taken charge of Rangers here both last season were a one-all draw and a nil-nil draw. He says they performed well in those matches but he wants them to be more clinical tonight. Of course they were very clinical at Ibrox against Paul Heckingbottom's side earlier this campaign. A 6-1 win and a hat-trick for Jermaine Defoe but it's now Jack Ross in charge and they'll be looking to put up a much better fight here. Not winning this one does almost become unthinkable for Rangers with them trailing Celtic by five points already. Will it be two by the end of play? We're just about to find out. The team's on the pitch and ready for kickoff. Prediction, Hugh Kevens. Three-one Rangers. Fraser Wishart. Two-one Rangers. Great. I can pull you up on those tomorrow <laughs> if they go wrong. I'll just store them away. We're going to speak to Gary very soon. Just quickly on the teaser: seven players have played for both Hibs and Rangers this decade. You've got Darren McGregor. You've got Glenn Middleton. You've got Stephen Whitaker. Uh, Dean Shields. He left in 2009. Oh, he left Hibs in 2009. That was my only win I've got. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Struggling I'm going to have to give us some clues Gordon I must admit There is One 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 of them's involved tonight So I didn't say he's starting the game Yeah 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 But he's involved Brandon Barker Here we go Brandon Barker What we got then How many to go One Two, three to go Three to go uh, Right, this VAR debate is raging on We've touched on this topic a number of times And we will do it again Because it's an ever-evolving story Are we moving closer to it? Gary and Newton Merns What are your personal thoughts on it? Uh, my personal thoughts are For goal line in the box And any decision that leads to a goal That's it But my concern is They'll go eventually down the line With a throw in How many yards did they steal? an off-the-ball incident, it'll, it'll evolve into every decision that ref has to make. And that's been the TV that's driven it. Because I remember, I'm old enough to remember in the 70s and 80s, watching it on the telly, there was two angles. Now there's so many angles, it's replayed constantly. And for me, I would never be a referee. I wouldn't want to make a decision. Because if I made it, whatever decision I make, you've got one set of fans that are never going to be happy with it. And that's the same with VAR. Nobody will be ha- one side of the divide will not be happy with what the decision is made. I think we're, we may be putting more linesmen on the park or officials on the park uh, to see better or more training. But it's a split, a split second that they have to make a decision, right or wrong. And you know, we're human; we make mistakes. And I think VAR will 
will become more robotic. But it's the TV that's driving it because of all the mm. angles that they show. Um, Fra- just let me put those points to, to Fraser, Gary, because you make some good ones, Fraser. Nothing would surprise you, but it couldn't ever get to that level. It's it's, it's causing enough debate. It, it could never be implemented for throw-ins and stuff. At the moment, it's goal and no goal, yeah. penalty or no penalty, red card or mistaken identity. That yeah. those are the four at the moment. Surely that would be n- at least nearly the end of it. Yeah, I mean, I th- we can't go any further, but but uh, I think that's where we are already, and that's what Gary was talking about there. But. You, the interesting one for me was Real Madrid against Leon in the Champions League on the in the season. Uh, Leon scored a goal and they, they rolled it all the way back to the mm. right back area and they and and they said no no the, the right back of of um, uh, Leon has fouled something by the Real Madrid players Bale or somebody and then the move went on it was two three four passes through they went and they scored and they rolled it all the way back and I think Gary's right that is the concern because teams will start to point and say yeah but that wasn't a free kick inside their own half and the big centre half punts up and they score so there's a, there's a, we need to keep it tight and the real problem's going to come if the other team then goes and scores yeah yeah yeah. in that time yeah. and if then you, that goal gets chopped off oh, if you have all that sort of thing going on you'll put people off going to watch football Yeah, uh, and you know I, I go back to the point Celtic and Rangers this season have through their own terrific efforts Gone to the last 32 of the Europa League We are Coming back up the way In terms of the coefficient And in terms of our reputation And of course Celtic and Rangers will always set our reputation Because they're the, the two biggest clubs in the country uh, And if you are going to devote Money to something as Rangers We've got an opening goal at Easter Road And it's Ryan Kent The man that some of the callers earlier Were hoping would step up to the plate And he's done just that With three minutes on the clock No VAR required I'll tell you who <laughs> won't want to see it again That's Ophir Marciano The Hibs goalkeeper He gets the ball passed back to him Dilly Dally's on it The clearance gets charged down It falls to Ryan Kent On the edge of the box Who still has a lot of work to do um, And he finds the back of the net But far too lazy from Marciano Good Good pressing finish, by Aribo yeah, yeah. and a good finish from Kent. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely spot on, Gordon. Good pressing by Aribo. He just kept going here. Just as, as soon as Marcial took his touch, he was in trouble, stepped back, and it was blocked by or half blocked by Aribo. But really good finish by Ryan Kent. Yeah. Yeah, I know it was an open goal, but he had to hit it, hit it really firmly as defenders were getting back. But uh, maybe Marciano can get VAR in so he can actually change and go back and say, I know I made a mistake there and I got that wrong. Can I reverse that? Can we go back and play? Sore one as well because. Jack Ross has had Chris Maxwell to choose from Or Marciano I think yeah. did one of them went off injured as well So it's not necessarily all been about choice But uh, I think that sets a tone You know, three minutes gone uh, A goal down uh, I think Hibs are goosed already Well done Aribo Aribo chased that one down and pressed And that's clearly what Stephen Gerrard's wanting He's, he's four players to press the game As quickly as possible With Jack Ross not looking a happy boy there uh, old colleague of mine at PFA He's seen his grumpy face before yeah. that's, uh, that's his grumpy face uh, Gary was mentioning some of his concerns Something that Neil Lennon mentioned In the clip that we played not too long ago um, About the differences up here He said, you know, well, we won't have the big screens To keep fans notified mm-hmm. of what's going on And I must admit, not something I had really thought about As Camberry hits the side netting But that that would send alarm bells Because one of the main complaints in England already is that the fans aren't included enough in the process And you're now telling us that we would have to do that Even without some of the, the communication that they get Yeah, yeah You know, if you're in the stadium As a as a paying fan Just sitting there what is, How, how much does that damage the experience? Yeah, well, I think it does I, I, I can see 
why fans get a bit frustrated because players only half celebrate and then you have to stop and then it goes to VAR and we're checking everything as well and so therefore celebrations are stopped for four or five minutes so I, I can see that but there are limits to what we can do we're going to have to have a Scottish version we haven't got the money to, to do it in England and I think the question the only question I'm raising it's not particularly that I, th- I think it will come eventually is at this moment in time is a million pounds or 1.2 million however much it was going to cost because it will rise is that the best use of funds at this very moment for our game? Not for me. Gary, final word to you. I think it's a lot of money. I'd rather put it in towards more officials on the park. What's the fourth official doing? He could be watching it if he wants. But uh, I don't. I think there's more money. The passing pitches, as one of your other callers said, uh, it's shocking that our top flight have it. Um, I understand financially why they do it. But the SPL was set up with a number of sides of the stadium and under soil heating, not plastic pitches. And I think we should get rid of them. Good for training on and playing non-important games, but really, I think it's better, money better spent somewhere else, grassroots. And Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah, same to you, Gary. Have a good time. Um, right. Let's look at some of the other games this weekend I think we'll leave that one there Because there's no real time to squeeze in another call And this is an absolute certainty to rumble on Because yeah. it needs to progress one way or the other So we will revisit it I am sure What about tomorrow Hugh? What jumps out at you? Hamilton Hearts Straight away um, Daniel Stendel Two games played as Hearts manager Two defeats uh, Can Hearts go down? Of course they can Their form is abysmal Two wins the whole season long no wins at all in the last six league games. Uh, general complaints about the side being too old, too unambitious, uh, lacking in the spirit to stay in the fight. And tomorrow when they're on the dreaded plastic at Hamilton, uh, they're going to have to fight for everything they get because Hamilton are no great shakes either. And the one thing you can say about them though, is that they definitely have the spirit and the fight and Hearts if Hearts were to lose again tomorrow I would be fearful for them okay. you know Hibs, what Hibs and Aberdeen the next two games before the winter break yeah. as well. you know I'm easily amused and I do this on a Saturday quite a lot I love the difference between the two different clubs media social media accounts to describe the same goal yeah yeah so Rangers quite I mean, we were talking about it as well Rangers say perfect start Kent smashes the ball into the back of the net Hibs on the other hand say Kent is left to tap it Into the empty net <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know Was it somewhere in the middle Was it a smash Was it a tap Whoa. It's two Joe Rebo Puts his left foot Into the back oh, Into the ball And into the back of the net A nice finish from him as well And Rangers are cruising Hibs nil Rangers two Eight minutes gone So much for all the apprehension The Rangers fans uh, Came on here with At six o'clock uh, I mean I I said 3-1 Rangers That's now ridiculously conservative They could run up a right few goals here Hibs In terms of their defensive play Are woeful Yeah well worked and a good finish Jermaine Defoe might even have had a claim In the middle of the box He was shoved over I think by Portis A good finish by Joe Arrivo Right you've got two more on the teaser We're really running out of time Three more to get in the teaser Is it three? I need clues I need clues I'm too busy talking about VAR Right okay Uh, It was a striker Started at Hibs Went to Rangers under Mark Warburton Is now in the English lower leagues He's not a shy boy Oh uh, The one that had the mat The thing on his Oh yes Jason Cummings Jason Cummings Jason Cummings Well done uh, Right one's more of a, a veteran If you like The reason that he counts for this Is because he went back to Hibs For a second spell But he started at Hibs Went to Rangers Played for Middlesbrough 
back to Hibs I think he maybe finished off at yeah. Dundee Got it Yeah. Hugh Kevin Thompson Kevin Thompson And the last one's really tricky Just a short loan spell at both He is from the USA Oh yes uh, Emerson Hindman Emerson Hindman Brilliant Never got that out of clue Well done It's Hibs nil Rangers 2 Rangers are in cruise control We'll give you all the post-match reaction On tomorrow's show We start at 2 We've got Celtic against Aberdeen Coming up at 3 Big games at the bottom As you mentioned as well It really is not to be missed So join us from 2 o'clock tomorrow And in the meantime You can stay right there And get your weekend started In the company of GBX Fridays Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.